Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Here we go. Here we go. This is Jim Stern. Good to be back with you again in another episode of the Overflow Podcast. We are in session six of our study of Jesus's prayer. I hope that you are experiencing just all of the potential, the the power-packed reality of the Lord's Prayer for our lives. Jesus uh, was not giving us some religious exercise, bow your heads and close your eyes and go through some kind of motion. Uh, man, he was giving us life. He was giving us life. And so we're working through the Lord's Prayer. We're using my book as kind of the spine of how we're going through this brilliant, the name of the book, Brilliant, Unleashing Life Through the Lord's Prayer. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on our website, truxa.org website, uh, as a way of helping us use the Lord's Prayer, understand the Lord's Prayer. Ask people all the time, how many of you know the Lord's Prayer? Hands go up everywhere. How many of you use the Lord's Prayer? Hands go down. Jesus didn't give this so that we would memorize it and never use it. Uh, He gave it to us as a weapon of life. And we are certainly seeking to press into that uh, in our time together on the Overflow podcast. We've already gone through our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. And we're about to get into the next part. We looked at kingdom. That's his generic mission for our lives. His mission for our lives is we are to be kingdom-minded people. I hope that kingdom teaching has had an influence on your understanding of faith. Uh, since you listen to that and, and have been observing the kingdom of God in the New Testament uh, and other places and certainly stepped into the vitality of what it is to not only be adopted as sons and daughters, but to be uh, become a part of the army of God. And so now we move from the kingdom of God, this power that we have, to the strategy with which God is going to employ us and which God is going to use us. What is God's game plan for our lives? The big picture war, the big picture story is there's this kingdom war going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness that you've been brought into. Now, what's this particular battle plan for you? Very specific battle plan for you. And Jesus addresses this when he says in the prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. We believe according to Jesus, according to the scriptures that God, our father, It's not God and some God blob, some kind of amorphous blob. It is that God, your father, your heavenly father has a plan, has a will for your life. He has direction. He has, according to Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, he has good works for you to do, which he's already prepared in advance. So we're not, we're not muscling up the will of God. We're not conjuring up the will of God. We're actually relaxing back in and discerning the pre-existing will of God for our lives. We're not firing off. It's not dependent on our performance. It's actually dependent on our just relaxing, just surrendering back into the present will of God for our lives and living out of that. Look at the difference that living in the will of God should make in our lives emotionally. What is the emotional impact of living in the will of God. Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter 7, 
Beginning in verse 24, this is the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is closing the greatest sermon, the longest recorded sermon that he gives us in the scriptures. He is closing that sermon down. And what is his takeaway? What is the thing that he wants to leave his people with? He gives them this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, does not act according to the will of God, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. So Jesus is addressing straight away, Matthew chapter 7, 24, 25, 26, 27, the emotional impact that's available to you and I for a life that's lived in the will of God. And he's saying the life that's lived in the will of God is likened to a man who built his house on the rock. What does that look like in a, from an emotional standpoint for your life to be built on a rock so that when the winds come and the difficulties of life bombard your house, you're at rest. Why are you at rest? Because your life is lived according to the will of God. You know that no matter what happens, the severity of what happens to you, that you get to enjoy the benefit and the blessing and the protection of being in the will of our Heavenly Father. Not in the will of God, but in the will of your Father who loves you, your Father who is good, your Father who is for you, who is not against you. You get to relax back in and enjoy the blessing and the benefit of being in his will for your life. Conversely, the one who is not in the will of God, the one who does not pursue the will of our Father for their lives, the one who is not looking to him for direction and guidance, their lives, according to Jesus, is like a person who builds their house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came, and here comes all the anxiety and all of the fear of what life looks like when we don't have the security or the confidence of living in the will of God. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying when he led the prayer, let your kingdom come, which is that big picture reality of our lives. It's the big picture understanding of what's going on in creation, this kingdom war. And then very specifically, he goes from the big picture to the very narrow picture, the big picture of the kingdom of God. Now in my life, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I have to be convinced in order to surrender to this, in order to give myself into this, I have to be convinced that the will of God, my father, is better for me than the will of Jim. And, and, and wow, that is tough. That is a challenge because the will of Jim looks pretty dang good. And the will of whoever you are looks pretty dang good. And you've dreamt of the will of you and you your mouth waters at the will of you. And you've got passion about the will of you and you give in to the will of you. And now Jesus is teaching us to pray every single day. And this day, whatever your day is, we believe that God our Father has a will for you in your life. Are you willing to let go of your will we can't put the will of God and the will of you next to each other and think that we're going to be able to accomplish both. That is never going to work. You're going to be a miserable individual and you're not going to get your will or the will of our Father. The invocation of the prayer, Lord's Prayer, let your will be done, is to surrender, is to allow God our Father to crucify your will, crucify your will, so that his will becomes your great desire. You got to believe 
that his will is better for you than your will is for yourself. The first Bible passage, uh, after I gave my life to the Lord at 26, the first Bible passage that I ever memorized was Romans chapter 12 and verse two. Romans chapter 12, verse two, the apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And he says, he says this, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what is the will of God, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the apostle Paul characterizes the will of God our Father for your life, the will of God our Father for my life, as good, pleasing, and perfect. Now in the Greek, this word perfect means complete. Therefore, in the mind of the Apostle Paul, to live in the will of God is to live that for which you have been created for, that which will complete you in your life. As you relax back in and embrace the will of God for your life today, you will experience your completion. But you have to be convinced that his will for your life is good, it's pleasing, and it will be that which satisfies you and completes you. To the degree that you are not convinced that the will of our Father is good, pleasing, and perfect for you is the degree to which you will hold on to your will or somebody else's will and not be able to experience the goodness, the pleasure, and the perfection, the completion of the will of God, the will of God in your life. You got to be convinced that his will is good for your life. You also have to be convinced that his will is actually effective on earth today. And so Jesus gives us this insertion in the Lord's prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Why wouldn't he just stop there? Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Why wouldn't that just be sufficient? He adds this little clause, this get at you clause that seems like a throwaway deal, but it's so profound in its power when he says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we must also be convinced, and this is common sense, we must also be convinced that God our Father's will actually works on earth. We must be delivered out of any kind of belief that God is a clockmaker, that he that He created all of earth and set it in motion, made all of creation and set it in motion, and then just took his hands off and left his creation to say, hey, good luck, I hope it, I hope it works out for you. In your life, do you believe that the will of God our Father is operative to affect and to change you, and then to affect and to change your circumstances. Do you believe that? If you're not convinced that the will of God our Father is operative and active in your life on planet earth as it is in heaven, if you do not believe that God our Father's will for your life is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect, then this part of the prayer will be a throwaway prayer. Then what God our Father wants to do in your life will have no meaning, it will have no contact, it will have no substance, it will have no vitality, because you are just resistant. You just don't believe that God our Father is at work in life. You don't believe that God our Father is at work in your life. And you don't believe that the work that God our Father is at work in your life doing is better than the work that you could be doing, that you could be doing on your own. And so this part of the prayer is so powerful to unlock so much of our fear, so much of our anxiety, so much of our confusion, but it confronts our willingness to surrender. And really it confronts our view on the goodness of God, our father and his plan for our lives. Do we trust in the goodness of our father? Do we trust in the goodness of his plan for our lives? If we do, then this is a daily 
calling in our lives, this part of the prayer, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, to relax back in. Again, I'm not having to manufacture the plan for my life. I'm not having to pull up my bootstraps and make all this work. I'm not having to, by the sweat of my brow, figure out the plan and get after it and make it work. And and it's not all up to me. Because of the will of God, my Father, I'm able to relax back in and receive his plan for my life today and tomorrow and the next day in every area of my life. So there's no part of our lives that the will of God does not speak into. God's will in my life as a man, God's will in my life in marriage or in singleness, God's will in my life in my career, God's will in my life in how I deal with my family, how I deal with my past, how I parent my children, God's will in how I deal with my finances. We believe that God our Father's will for our lives scripturally covers the totality of our lives. There's nothing in our lives that is not connected to the will of God our Father. In his absolute wisdom, in the brilliance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who did not leave us to figure this out on our own, but blessed us with this prayer that is speaks so much of the heart of who he was, that gives us such keen insight into how he was able to live the fuller, greater, richer life. Even Jesus himself teaches us that he did not come of his own accord. He did not come to carry out his own will. He came to carry out the will of his heavenly father. And he leads us in this prayer every single day. My father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I hope our examination of this aspect of the Lord's Prayer has been helpful and meaningful to you, that you will right now cry out and ask God our Father with great specificity, with great specificity, Father, help me to know your will. Show me your will in this area of my life. Show me your will in this conversation that I need to have. Show me your will in my finances. Heavenly Father, I surrender to you. Forgive me of holding on to my will. Forgive me of demanding that you bless my will. What are all of the challenges that you have to surrender yourself to the active and vibrant will of God our Father in your life today? What are the challenges that you are confronted with? I pray you have a small group of people, you have a Bible study class that you're a part of in which you all can hammer this out and share every single one of us in our struggles to surrender and to live out the will of God our Father as we seek, as we seek to receive and to live and to run out in the overflow of the love of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being with us this time. Look forward to being with you again as we continue to get close. We're getting close to the end of the Lord's Prayer. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.